The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Luck is never just luck. If you think winning is only a matter of chance, think again. We bring you sports gaming strategies and information that changes outcomes. Keep it here. And get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome into the early line. Live right here on Sports Grid on a Monday morning. I am Kevin Walsh, joined, of course, by Donnie Wrightside. Donnie, how are you? Doing very good. New week, new money, as we like to say. Also, Kevin, another one of my monikers, rested and ready. The extra hour of, I mean, we could go for four hours today. I got so much energy here, Kevin. Mm. You ain't kidding. I was up doing a little extra research going into a Sunday, and then all of a sudden they granted an hour. I was like, whoa, seeing the board clearly. Plenty of time to break it all down. I wish they canceled Sunday night football, though. Let's start there, 7-7. and Top headlines, the Tennessee Titans go to 5-0 and straight up as an underdog. What an unbelievable football team. 28-16, they upset the LA Rams as touchdown dogs in LA. This game goes under the total as the Titans, Donnie, take the AFC's top spot. No Derrick Henry. No, no Derrick Henry. And how about this? Let's just take a look at the uh, stat lines here for the Tennessee Titans. And you tell me if this makes sense. 143 (laughs) yards passing out of Ryan Tannehill. One touchdown, one interception. Your leading rusher at 29 yards on the ground. You know what that is? 28-16 win for the Rams. Absolutely not, Kevin. It's the role reversal. 28-16 defense was the name of the game for the Titans. I don't know. Maybe the Rams just said Derrick Henry's going to sit this one out, so the game doesn't matter. We should win easy. Impressive performance by the Titans, but they continue to beat playoff teams game after game, Kevin. Impressive. I would hate to think that Sean McVay doesn't tune in to the early line and didn't listen to us explain to the people that the Titans would still be very good even if Derrick Henry wasn't there. Is this team the best team in the AFC? We'll break that down. I'll tell you who isn't. The Kansas City Chiefs, but they still got a win against Jordan Love. 13-7. The Chiefs win. The Packers undeservingly cover. Let's call it what it is, people, here. As Jordan Love really struggles, Donnie, in his NFL debut. Yeah, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, Kevin, with the Kansas City Chiefs. They were terrible yesterday, but they ran into a Green Bay Packers quarterback in Jordan Love who's not ready to play in the NFL. It was apparent from the very first, first, second, and third drives of the game. I'm actually shocked they even scored a touchdown, which is amazing considering all the talent that the Packers have on offense and going up against the Kansas City Chiefs on defense. 13-7 final, good win by Kansas City. If you can say that because any win is a good win. Hey, we beat a 7-1 and football team. 
You really yeah. didn't. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was in that game, the Green Bay Packers probably whitewashed the Kansas City Chiefs the way it turned out. But they end up winning. But now you're sitting back Aaron Rodgers, who's probably going to start next week, Kevin, after one day of, you know, getting back into the fold for the Packers. And he'll be a marked difference between Jordan Love and what you got on Sunday. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers probably sitting on his couch going, <laughs> how about next year? $60 million <laughs> for me. Green Bay should pay. It's a good point. He probably had a uh, whale of a time watching oh, that game. But if you thought those performances were bad, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. Because Josh Allen delivered versus Josh Allen. It was a weird one. Really weird. The Buffalo Bills go to Jacksonville as a two-and-a-half touchdown favorite and score zero touchdowns. They lose outright to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 9-6. Josh Allen, still the MVP favorite with three turnovers against the Jaguars and no touchdowns as the radio audience enters the fold. We appreciate all those listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside going through the top headlines here on a Monday morning. Donnie, Josh Allen, explain yourself. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's still the MVP favorite here at the FanDuel Sports, but rightfully so. Look, it's like a movie script here, Kevin. Look, this is too easy for us, man. Let's get down a couple games here. Then we'll have that surge laid. Everything will be fine. But no, the Bills have some serious issues. First of all, you can't lose to Jacksonville. You can't not score a touchdown against Jacksonville. But the same thing we talk about, Kevin, all offseason with the Buffalo Bills. Love the defense. They were sensational yesterday. They gave up nine points. Josh Allen, electric, you know, quarterback you got some wide receivers to work with didn't work out yesterday but the same thing keeps on popping up Josh Allen is your quarterback and your starting running back the fact that they did not go out and get a legitimate running back to help him out so then you see Singletary 16 yards on the ground Zach Moss six yards on the ground Kevin they weren't getting blown out in this game they were tied for just about the entire way and you're telling me you got nine carries out of those two running backs and they gave you nothing it's amazing moving forward it's going to be all Josh Allen I guess why we're looking at the MVP race usage so as long as he's going to run for 50 yards a game and you know put up numbers in the passing game he'll probably be the mvp but sooner or later you get hurt doing this kevin right yeah i mean also it'd be nice if he i don't know had any numbers that suggested he's been a top five quarterback in the nfl because he has literally none of those but it's an interesting thing still somehow the favorite the cleveland browns might win every single game now that they got rid of odell beckham jr 41 16 a final score in cincinnati excited to break that game down the surprises in this week donnie were overwhelming the cardinals beat the niners with colt mccoy at quarterback and also the bills weren't the only double digit favorite that went down hello dallas cowboys almost got shut out at home against the denver broncos yeah i can't wait to talk about these games a little bit later in the show because this for you know week nine was amazing in itself we'll be able to talk it through and say what actually happened in these games and if you're betting on these games boy oh boy some people probably took a bath yesterday with those Oh, but at least college football was normal because Michigan State got put inside the top four and everyone knew that they were going to lose to Purdue and then they proceeded to lose to Purdue. Oh, and Cincinnati's terrible, which we've been telling you for a long time. Up next, Week 9 Breakdown on the Early Live.
What's up, everybody? It's your late-night anger management professor inviting you to join me six nights a week at midnight Eastern on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Vent your rage with the top handicappers and insiders in the business. Tips are for waiters. Hedging is for garters. Pre-game breakdowns and post-game meltdowns. Lay it down and win with me, Gabriel Morenzi, six nights a week at midnight Eastern right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Other than that, you're on your own. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are the Tennessee Titans the best team in the AFC? That is where we begin our Week 9 breakdown here on the early line as the Tennessee Titans beat the LA Rams 28-16. They move to 7-2, the best record in the AFC. They are 5-0 on the season, straight up as an underdog, Donnie. And their first game without Derrick Henry is a 28-16 victory on the road against the LA Rams. Extremely impressive here. Let's take a look at Tennessee. Now, in this five-game winning streak that they have here, Kevin, obviously we'll take out the Jacksonville game, 37-19, to which I don't know, maybe Jacksonville is a really good football team now. We're pounding the Buffalo Bills. But then again, the Tennessee Titans at home beat the Bills. At home, dominated the Chiefs. Go on the road and beat the Colts. And then they were down 14 to nothing in a game and came all the way back. And then, obviously, we found out that Derrick Henry's been lost probably for the season here as their star running back. Last night, going on the road versus the Rams, 28-16 final with a lot of people said, hey, I don't think they're going to be able to compete in this game, much less win. But we talked about it last week on the early line, Kevin, multiple times. Sometimes you can galvanize yourself and say, hey, look, you know, we could still be a good football team here. Let's ride this out. The other team also sees that your best football player is down. Should be an easy victory. But now the Rams have lost, you know, they played five games at home, Los Angeles Rams. They've lost two of those. But it's not so much where, Kevin, sometimes you come out and you just play a bad football game. Those two losses, they got hammered by Arizona at home. They just got hammered by the Tennessee Titans at home. And this is one of those teams, Kevin, coming into the game, right, for the Rams. 
hey, they look like they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. They get Von Miller. Sky is the limit here. And they get throttled in this football game. They drop the 7-2. to two. Are they still talented? Are they going to make a deep run in the playoffs? Yes, they're too good to not actually do that. But last night was one of those warning signs. Like, as much as you think a team is really good in the NFL, it is a week-to-week league. And that was a bad performance by the Rams on Sunday Night Football. It absolutely was. But you made a point, Donnie, when we, we talked about this game in the 7-7. Seven and seven about the final tallies for Tennessee. 19 of 27, 143, a touchdown and a pick for Tannehill. He also ran one in on the ground. The ground game was atrocious, the ground game for Tennessee. Derrick Henry not available. And to the overall question of are they the best team in the AFC, I have to still have some hesitancy on that because their offense didn't look as good as I thought it would here. They just won a football game against the Rams on their defense, which is why a Mike Vrabel needs to move up in the coach of the year rankings this morning, an eight to one price third on the board. No idea how Brandon Staley is still in front of him. That's the question to me though, Donnie around this Tennessee group here, as you look through, right? The game against the bills. And by the way, this team on a five game winning streak, but look at the last four Buffalo, Kansas city, Indianapolis, and the Rams underdogs in all of those games. You look at those games, their defense is making plays, Donnie, right? The pick against Carson Wentz, both picks, in fact, holding down the Chiefs and the Rams. Even their defense actually kind of turned the tide in that game against Buffalo. That's my question on the Titans, Donnie. Can we buy into this defense being an above-average group, a a top-10 unit in the league? I guess you can because, uh, you know, sort of the thought process behind why the Tennessee Titans would be good is you thought their defense wasn't, you know, as dominant as some of the other teams in the league, and rightfully so. But they would be able to hold the football, right, Kevin? You'd be able to use Derrick Henry, run the – because the be- from a defense that struggles at times, your best friend is an offense that keeps the football and keeps you off the field and keeps you fresh. Now we're going to see through the back end of the season if that's going to be the case because your point is very valid here. It wasn't as if you saw the 28-16 to 16 and Ryan Tannehill threw two touchdowns. They ran for two on the ground, but they also had, you know – 36 carries for 160 yards as a team and said, hey, we can run this by committee. It wasn't all that effective on the ground. And we'll see if that comes up because their defense made play after play after play. Constantly, the pass rush was bearing down on Matthew Stafford. Could this be a team that could maybe transition their identity? I'm not so sure. But from one game where you didn't have Derrick Henry and went and played against the most talented football team in the NFL for what I think between offense and defensive and also coaching staff, That was a great performance here. But that one-week galvanization that you saw out of the Tennessee Titans, is that going to continue? And that's what we have to talk about later in the week. On the Rams' side of things, during the broadcast in the second half, Chris Collinsworth goes, now they're getting back to the Sean McVay offense. Was Sean McVay suspended for the first half of this game? Like, it's college football. Who was calling the play? What are you talking about getting back? It was one of the more bizarre commentary lines I could remember because they certainly looked better in the second half. They had four drives, three of them scoring drives with the other turnover on downs on a fourth and one inside Tennessee territory here. But the Rams offense is what let them down. Again, if you told me that they lost this game because the Titans offense looked great, I would have believed you. If you would have told me they lost this game because they were stuck in the mud on the offensive side of the football, that would be very surprising. But that was the result here for the Los Angeles Rams. A 3-2 and record at home, not good enough. And the fact that this week they lost ground on the Arizona Cardinals who didn't have Kyler Murray is very difficult. We'll talk about that game in a bit. But I want to make sure we get 
to what was the game of the week, I still believe, going into it. And it still delivered in tons and tons of intriguing headlines here. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers on a 13-7 final score. Certainly the game going well under the number. The Packers' first uh, and only points of this game coming with less than five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs shut out in the second half. Donnie, you tell me. What was the big takeaway for you from Chiefs-Packers? Is the Packers cannot survive unless they have Aaron Rodgers. Didn't we talk about maybe a referendum game on Matt LaFleur? Like, what happens if Jordan Love went out there, went 19 of 34, but for 356 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, passer rating over 100, and they won? That would be a terrible look for Aaron Rodgers, but an unbelievable look for Matt Like, Hey, this guy is a serious coach. So instead, you got a guy that's been in the organization for over a year, going to get a start against a Kansas City Chiefs defense that is underwhelming, and he looked woefully unprepared. And sometimes that would be, did you overdraft a kid? And you can't have a you know final say, Kevin, on the quarterback after just one game. But there was no good vibes in the room that I got from Jordan Love saying, man, he eventually is going to get it here. We'll see how it plays out, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback moving forward. But having said that about the Kansas City Chiefs, I know I want to knock them today for winning 13-7, to Kevin, but sometimes you're only a product of your environment. It was clear at the half Jordan Love couldn't play football in this game, and they weren't going to score a lot of points if even they scored at all. So I think I'm going to take a little bit of a notch down on Kansas City from really banging on them today because sometimes if you're a coach, it's knowing when to say, hey, you know what? We don't have to do all that much in this game, and we're going to win this one. So they picked up the victory 13-7. to It was an ugly performance by the Chiefs, but I'll separate that. But the one thing we know now for sure – Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And some people out there would have thought like, hey, just take Green Bay. They, you know, the greatest. Now they did cover the line. So if you're betting the Packers, it was the right side of it. But at the same time, Kevin, they were terrible yesterday. I can't wait to see them back with Aaron Rodgers with a healthy wide receiving core. And we'll get after it there. But from my takeaway from this game, I can't really blame the Chiefs here. I'm more looking at the Packers. I agree. First of all, give those Packers backers truth serum. Hey, would you still like Green Bay if they scored seven points? No. Obviously not. You all <laughs> thought Jordan Love was going to play well. Uh, it is what it is. You covered your bet. Good for you. The Chiefs thing, I think Donnie's completely right. I thought they were stubborn a little bit, still letting Mahomes throw the ball too much. Just run the football. It was working well enough, I think, against this team. It didn't need to be so much through the air. All in all, they won a game where Mahomes was terrible. How many times, Donnie, can they say that during the Mahomes era? It is what it is. And sometimes, as you say, you are a product of what's on the other side of the field. And what's on the other side of the field is a team that missed the reigning MVP. And this was a nightmare game for the Green Bay Packers because you are in the thick of a race. There's one bye in the NFC. The Packers are unbeaten at Lambeau Field this year. You just lost ground. That matters. It absolutely does. And also, when we go into next year, if Aaron Rodgers does ask out, Jordan Love's going to be your quarterback. But it's not going to be an easy thing to do because a lot of people are going to look at this football game and say, oh, I can't, I, I, how, how could you possibly let this guy be the quarterback? Now, he was in a bad spot. He found out he was the quarterback on Wednesday. This was his first ever game. It was in Arrowhead. But this is still probably going to linger around Jordan Love for a while. The last note to add, though, if Rodgers comes back next week and hangs it on Seattle, we're going to have to talk some MVP odds. He's 10 to 1 right now in the FanDuel sports book. It's going to be an interesting note. Some other MVPs were in action, candidates wise. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Well, the box scores maybe say otherwise. We'll be right back. The Pat McAfee Show. 
I lost it when Mr. Not So MVP said I consulted with Joe Rogan. Can we talk about that? <laughs> that nonsense? Okay, you had me up until that point, buddy. But come on. I consulted with Joe Rogan. I consulted with the UPS guy. <laughs> it's the Pat McAfee Show with Pat McAfee on Sports Grid. Monday through Saturday at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. Watch live on SportsGrid.com or your favorite OTT platform. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on the early line. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside with you on this Monday morning. We're just talking about Aaron Rodgers and potentially could that one-game absence boost in MVP candidacy. 10-1 to right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Same number as Dak Prescott. We'll talk about that game in a minute. But also the favorite in that market. Plus 250. Josh Allen. No, not the one that actually played well in Jags Bills and had a sack and a pick and looked awesome. No, the one that somehow has been the favorite in this award for weeks now, despite not deserving it, not playing that good of football, no touchdowns, three turnovers, and a loss against the Jags as two-and-a-half touchdown favorites. No touchdowns, Donnie. Josh Allen. How is he still the favorite for the MVP award? Because he is the best player in football. Much you want to not look, yeah, it's a great comeback story that's going to happen here. And you know, you know what the matter of fact is also, Kevin, here? Not only can he win the MVP, but after this performance, he might be up for comeback player of the year now, Kevin, <laughs> after this performance where he can recover. So you yeah. might have a double-edged sword. I forget Dak Prescott winning MVP and comeback player, and now seemingly Josh Allen. But to get back to this game, I don't understand, and this is the great part about the NFL and the parity that we talk about, Kevin, from week to week. The Buffalo Bills come to town against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I like to get out the crystal ball, Kevin, and say, what if I were to tell you 
The Jaguars would score nine points. Trevor Lawrence would get hurt and only throw for 118 yards in this ballgame. You'd say, oh, my goodness, this is a Donnie right side special. 35 to 9 stays under whatever the 47 is, and Buffalo, Buffalo rolls. I was waiting for this entire game, Kevin, as I watched it, saying, so, no, Buffalo's going to catch up. The Jacksonville can't do anything. They're going to muster this game. Same exact scenario, Kevin, last week that we saw the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills play, and it never came to fruition here. Never did. Josh Allen, two interceptions in this game, led the team in rushing. And even though at the end of the game you're still thinking that they're going to pull this one out because they're so much more talented than the Jacksonville Jaguars, they lose this game 9-6. to six. And again, this isn't one of those, Kevin, where it's in Jacksonville, it's a rainstorm, it's thunderstorms, you know, Josh Allen gets hurt midway through, what did you want him to do? This was nice weather in Jacksonville. This was a horrendous defense in Jacksonville. And Buffalo mustered six points in this one. Alarm bells should be going off in Orchard Park because that is a horrendous performance. They're the ones that you win 9-6 to six and say, oh my God, thank God we escaped with the victory. I still can't believe the Buffalo Bills lost this football game. I think it'll be the most stunning result that the NFL provides us all season. I know Don and I have our back and forth on Josh Allen. A lot of people talking Manning curse. I'd ask questions about that jersey sitting in his top left corner. All in all, Mm. the Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills, right? If I told you that happened, like, man, like the Jags must have played a great game. They were terrible, the Jaguars. Like they were their usual awful selves. The Jags beat the Bills and also didn't score a touchdown. And the thing is, when it comes to the NFL, we talk about spots, right? The Bengals were in a bad spot against the Jets, even though the Jets were bad. Dallas, again, we'll get there. They were in a bad spot, it felt like, against Denver. The Bills were coming off of a game against Miami where they slept walked the whole way. Why, how was this a bad spot against Jacksonville? And even if it was a bad spot, right? The, the Bengals often still put up 30-plus in that game. The Cowboys woke up, at least in the final two possessions, and put some touchdowns on the board to show some respect. The Buffalo Bills checked into this game, and in the fourth quarter, had multiple chances. Like, all right, listen, at the end of the day, like we've played poorly. Let's go out here. Let's go win a football game. And they couldn't do it. They could not do it. And again, on the Josh Allen thing, how could this performance be put forward? And you remain the MVP favorite. I get it. Stafford wasn't great, nor Dak. Kyler and Brady didn't play football this week. But Josh Allen is not top 10 in QBR or passer rating. He's not top five in touchdown passes. He's not top five in passing yards. They don't have the best record in the NFL or the AFC. In fact, they're now clinging on to a division lead. I don't understand how he is the favorite for this award. He, do, he has not warranted that status whatsoever, Donnie. We'll see if it changes. There's a lot of season left, but he's done nothing to deserve to be the favorite for the MVP through nine weeks of action. But it has to be projected upon as well, because a lot of the things that we look at halfway through the season is usage rate of a quarterback. We listed, so you're looking at some of the guys in the FanDuel Sportsbook that are behind him. You know, Dak Prescott was bad yesterday. Matthew Stafford was bad yesterday. Aaron Rodgers skipped out with COVID yesterday. You, know, you take a look at Tom Brady, who didn't play. So it's almost like, you know, a byproduct of, okay, he had a really bad game yesterday, but still. Moving forward, he is going to be the everything in that Buffalo Bills offense. There's going to be games where he throws for 353 touchdowns, runs for 75 yards on the ground, and scores a touchdown. So that also is going to be included into the situation. But also, let's take a look here again of how bad this game was for the Buffalo Bills. 
keep in mind, the week previous, the Jacksonville Jaguars went on the road and played the Seattle Seahawks. Not a great defense here. They got shut out just about the entire way. It's like the last minute scored a meaningless touchdown when they were down three-plus touchdowns. So you come into this game. Again, Jacksonville didn't even score a touchdown. The one thing that you brought Urban Meyer in for one thing was, yeah, you want to get the program turned around, and winning is about what it, what it is. Two and six is probably where he thought the Jacksonville Jaguars would be at this point. But Urban Meyer is supposed to be an offensive genius, getting these guys ready to play. And that certainly has not come to fruition on the offensive side of the ball. It is a nice win by the Jacksonville Jaguars, but a more stunning defeat for me by the Buffalo Bills and where they go from here. Maybe, you know, Sean McDermott has the ear of the team that says, hey, we rolled our helmets out versus the Miami Dolphins, got lucky to beat them when that game, I believe, was, what, 3-3 to in late, late in that game in the third quarter. And this game, you had six points entering into the fourth quarter, and you didn't even score in the fourth quarter. That's a bad loss by the Bills. No other way to get around it. Also, quick note on this game. Stefan Diggs wearing AEW cleats. Was that a shot or was that because he wants to be all elite? It's very important. I'd like for him to clear the air. Broncos, Cowboys. 30-16, to 16, Denver wins this game. I am a coward. I was on the show on Friday. I said I wanted to pick Denver as my money line dog. I did not. I should have fine it's okay at least they were a part of the tag team teaser which continues to be the most profitable thing in the history of sports betting donnie denver had this team shut out in the fourth quarter that i thought denver would come in and move the football here i all i think that denver had to come in and keep this game within a 10 point spread what did you make of dallas's offense no showing 90 percent of this football game it was very, it was odd to watch, to say the least, but coming in from, first of all, from a Denver Broncos perspective, right? Teddy Bridgewater is a decent NFL quarterback. You have three good wide receivers and a good running game. So I think your thought process was right heading into it if it was on equal an equal playing field. What I mean by that is you saw Von Miller get traded during the week. So it was apparent that the Broncos front office, like, we're not going to do much this year. We don't need one of the best pass rushers in the game. Good luck, guys, out there. Also, Dak Prescott coming back after a game where the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football beat the Minnesota Vikings with a backup quarterback. Now you get Dak Prescott back. And the same volume we were talking about, saying, man, 10 points, it's, it's too much, but I really don't want to go against the Dallas Cowboys because they've been so dominant on offense, and now their quarterback is coming back. And what are you actually getting out of the Denver Broncos in this game? And are they excited to be in Dallas? Do they think they can get to the playoffs? Or is the front office saying, we don't believe in you, so why don't you believe in yourself? But the simple fact of the matter is, that game, Kevin, was 30 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. Or, had, or through a much majority of the third quarter into the fourth. That is amazing here because you had a 10-point dog coming to town against one of those teams that are the Dallas Cowboys, possibly the best team in the NFC. Let's blow out the Denver Broncos, ride out this easy NFC schedule, and that looks a little bit more daunting. Now, they're still 6-2. and two. They're going to win the NFC East. That is for certain. But these are the type of games of why we don't always believe in the Dallas Cowboys until they show us here. Shocking mm-hmm. performance here to be shut out through three quarters. And the only reason why you score, Kevin, is their offense is decent. They're going to go up against a prevent and put some points on the board. 30-16, to 16, and it wasn't even that close. It absolutely was not that close. And if somebody said, well, what did you like about Denver? Why do you think they can keep this within the margin? Well, I thought that that Broncos team, Donnie, who saw Von Miller leave, at the end of the day, and we we heard the reports confirmed, they took phone calls on Teddy Bridgewater. 
And Denver said, listen, at the end of the day, Von Miller's going to probably leave us in the offseason. We can move forward here. But we'd like to still remain competitive. And they decided to keep Teddy Bridgewater in-house. And I thought this team would show a little bit of fight here. And I also thought that the Dallas Cowboys would maybe be riding a little bit high off of a Sunday night game where they won with Cooper Rush. Kind of that invincible. What can't we do? We just want Cooper Rush. Imagine when Dak comes back. And I think the one thing, and the reason why probably it ended up being a teaser spot, Don, on the pick six instead of the money line dog, is I underrated a two-week layoff for Dak Prescott. Because, again, not only missed the game against Minnesota, but was coming off of a bye as well. And it showed. Dak Prescott had six completions at halftime, under 100 yards passing in this game, messed up a weekly special, not getting to 250, 18 yards short of the mark. Heartbreaking. I hate looking at this box score because of it. But overall, Donnie, listen, the Dallas Cowboys next week play the Falcons, right? They're, once again, 10-point favorites. They'll probably be fine. But we talk about resumes. What have you shown me, right? The Rams have that game against the Bucs, right? The Bucs have beat this team here in the Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals have some legitimate big-time wins. The Green Bay Packers, right, have some legitimate big-time wins against the Arizona Cardinals, shorthanded. What's Dallas's resume booster? The Chargers game? I, I guess so. The, the Eagles game, right? The New England game? I, I mean, that's the thing about Dallas, Donnie, is they are, right, going to win the NFC East because we know that they're clearly the best team in the NFC East. It's not a good division. But the question about Dallas isn't about winning the NFC East. It's can this team win the NFC? They've not put forward enough, Donnie, to suggest the answer is yes. No, and I think you're correct on that also. Quickly on the topic of that point, you probably would have felt better, Kevin, if they lost 28-27 at home. Okay, just wasn't our day. They got manhandled. That's a bad sign. Absolutely true. A lot more games to break down from Week 9. Speaking of those Arizona Cardinals, no Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no problem. Incredible stuff. We'll break it down next. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. Spider silk made from goat milk? It could save your life. Not science fiction. Fabric made of synthetic spider silk stronger than steel or Kevlar is being spun in mass quantities by biotech researchers at Utah State University by genetically modifying goats to contain the spider silk protein in their milk. Genetically engineered goat milk spider silk really has all sorts of amazing uses. Super strong automobile airbags. Bulletproof vests. Super lightweight high performance aircraft. Artificial human ligaments. Or ride a space elevator to orbit on an indestructible spider silk tether. Follow me at G. Capelvo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. in the NFL was a mild one. The question is, what was the wildest result? We've probably already gone over it when you think about the double-digit dogs that were winning outright when you look at the Jaguars and you look at the Broncos. But also, Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. I got to tell you, folks, the people out there that backed the Minnesota Vikings plus two on some early lines and then saw Cooper Rush make the starting gate and win outright and cover the dog number, that's tough. And then the folk that went out there and backed the Niners, plus two, grabbed an early line, and watched them flip to six-point favorites because Colt McCoy was the starting quarterback and then lose this game by two touchdowns. It's unimaginable, Donnie. It, it really is. From a, from a pure betting perspective, what do you even do? What do you even... Like, you absolutely beat a number. You get the best of it by a touchdown... And you're never even competitive in the game here. Look, there's nothing you can do. And having said that, and this comes from a guy that only bets team totals now for the past, like, you know, two years in the NFL. And I look at this game and it's such an anomaly because the same way, if you can just read the tea leaves on what you think is going to happen, it was pretty apparent that in that Dallas Cowboy game that, you know, the previous week that Dak Prescott wasn't going to play. So in what world were you going to step up and say, I'm going to bet, you know, the Minnesota Vikings in this game because they're at home and they're going up against Cooper Rush and the line is going to be like, just, let's just say a pick them at one point. Absolutely you're going to do that. In the same way you revolve around this, I said all week long, the San Francisco 49ers are going to win this football game. Why? Because even if Kyler Murray played, he's built on speed, athleticism, and improvising in the backfield. And if his ankle was so bad that he can't practice and you're going to have him run in a straight line 15 minutes before the game to see if he can actually play, mm -hmm. that would help you with the San Francisco 49ers. And then also saying that DeAndre Hopkins probably wasn't going to play. So I'm saying to myself, Kyler Murray, Hopkins, both down. San Francisco 49ers at home, George Kittle coming back. Where do I sign up? And that's the correct thought process here. So all week long, if you're saying, like, you know what, this is a great, Scott, great spot for Arizona, even if Kyler Murray doesn't play or, or uh, Hopkins doesn't play, I like Arizona, who is actually going to do that? And yet here we are in a 31-17 victory for Arizona on the road, who, oh, yeah, improves to 5-0 and on the road this year. 
Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. doing an outstanding job. And Colt McCoy, 22 of 26, 249 and one touchdown, a 119.4 passer rating. Because, Kevin, if we told you before the game, it's going to be Colt McCoy. I'm not going to tell you his statistics. He's going to play. But Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw for 326, two touchdowns, an mm-hmm. interception, and a passer rating of 100. All the marbles signed me up on the 49ers, and they got blasted. And that, and that even, Donnie, from a team total backer. I, I, we talk, I talked about the Niners team total all week long. How did that yep. still fall short, short of the mark here? I mean, I know they had a couple of – they had three turnovers in the football game. That doesn't help. But, I mean, my goodness. And this is a Niners team that's now 0-4 at home. This is a team that's going to need to do a little bit of self-reflecting here. Like, they're 0-4 at home. They – they have a lot of road in front of them. That seventh spot in the NFC is up for grabs. But what does it matter if they put forward performances like this? Let me also quickly say on this game here, and Donnie mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, listen, I, I've been beating the drum you know, all morning long about why is Josh Allen the favorite for MVP. We'll see how these things develop. But I spent all of last week telling people that the Brandon Staley status as favorite for coach of the year makes no sense. Now, he's the second choice. It still makes no sense. But it became very apparent, Don, that once Kingsbury and the Cardinals won this game without Kyler, they ne- needed to move Cliff to the favorite. They've done so at 4-1 to one now. You could probably argue he should have more of a gap, honestly, at his plus 400 price. Kingsbury is clearly the coach of the year. He's been sensational here. And also, you know, can't judge a book by its cover, right? Don't you remember when he was at Texas Tech? At five? He's just a failed guy with a gimmick offense, and he's going to try to rebuild himself at USC, be the offensive coordinator, set them into the 21st century in offense. And he was only there about two months. Why? Because he got hired to be an NFL head coach, and most people laughed at, ha ha, this team is going to stink. Also keep in mind, Kevin, what we love out of a coaching candidate to try to be the coach of the year is a team that's picked to finish last in your division, no matter how talented the division is. That was Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Now they sit at 8-1 and one in first place in that division. How can he not be coach right now, or at least you know in the leader spot for being coach of the year at the FanDuel Sportsbook? It doesn't make any sense. And the sign of a guy that's 8-1, and 5-0 and on the road, and winning without his best players, he clearly should be the favorite today for me, Kevin. Yeah, really impressive stuff from the Cardinals. There were a couple of matchups between NFC East teams versus some AFC West teams. Let's break those down. Let's start Eagles-Chargers. This game ended up closing near Pickham range. The Chargers win the game 27-24 in and over. Philly Donnie drops to 0-4 at home. But you and I talking a little bit pre-show. What would you want them to do? They haven't been a favorite at home all year. Niners, Chiefs, Bucks, Chargers. The hits keep coming. But I think the reality for this Eagles team is they're not bad, just not good enough. Correct. They're 3-6 and six on the season here and 0-4 and at home, which certainly doesn't help. But again, you are a product of your environment and who you play at home. The Eagles team, so let's put, you have to put things in perspective. Coming into the season, the Eagles team total was 6.5. They have three wins at the halfway mark, which means if they pick up an extra game on the back end where their schedule gets easier and they win seven games. Theoretically, to a sports handicapper or a gambler, Kevin, that is a successful season for the Eagles. It's about the maturation process of the Eagles moving forward from this year. Are you finding your starting quarterback of the future, Jalen Hurts? And will you convert those three first-round draft picks next year into talent that will help you? Keep in mind also with the Philadelphia Eagles, they were in salary cap hell coming into the season due to the Carson Wentz trade. That all clears up next year. But that doesn't help you out this year. But it is apparent, Kevin, if the Philadelphia Eagles play a team that is 
right on the same level or a little bit lower. They will handle those football teams. But the minute you step out of the box here and play a team that's probably mm -hmm. going to be a playoff team, it seems like they can't win. Now, they are getting better as opposed to getting beat down by some of these teams going to the playoffs. They were in this game with a lead in the second half but just couldn't get off the field. But the one thing is true, Kevin, about the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021 and the way they approach their defense against a good quarterback is completely wrong and mismanaged. Justin Herbert, 32 of 38, 356, two scores. He even ran one in for a pass rating of 123. If you are a good quarterback with good wide receivers, you slice and dice the Philadelphia Eagles. If you are a Jared Goff in the Lions, you don't do it. So maybe moving forward, Kevin, when they play the really good football teams, you stay off the Eagles. But when they play the bad football teams, the Eagles will be in it and possibly win and dominate in those performances. The tough thing is, like some, like the Eagles should have like a tremendous ATS record. They're just constantly respected on the spread that we've talked about. Like, they they should have been a field goal dog here, and you should have at least got a push. The game was a pick them. The Eagles are just a tough team. It feels like they're back at the window. They have their opportunities. Not good enough. I remain unmoved by this Chargers team. This wasn't a right home performance whatsoever. I think we'll learn a lot about them over their next four weeks. Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, and Bengals. Teams that I think are all in a comparable tier right now. Someone's going to have to separate the Chargers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Have the fifth best odds to win the AFC at a 10-1 to 1 price. That number significantly shorter than a Raiders team, Donnie, that has a 17-1 to 1 price. That lost outright against the Giants. This is a game that checked in as my under game of the week on our pick six. And as we got closer and closer and closer to the Sunday, I realized that Vegas had been giving up 20 points in nearly every single game they had played this season. And I went, oh boy, this actually could get really difficult here because if the Giants end up losing this football game, this will probably go over. Well, the Giants won the football game 23-16. to 16. What's your takeaway here from Vegas squandering what felt like a pretty big opportunity in the AFC picture? Yeah, tough performance here. You get Darren Waller back, Kevin. He goes 7 for 92 for an average of 13.1 yards per catch. Should be able to salt this game away. Even Josh Jacobs gave you 5.8 yards per carry through 13 carries. And Kenyon Drake only had four carries, Kevin, but produced at a clip of 7.5 yards per carry. You end up losing to the Giants. And sometimes you got to look and say, the NFL is supposed to be driven by quarterbacks. The Giants won this football game with Daniel Jones, 15 of 20 for 110 yards in this game. And he said, well, he probably had a big day on the ground because he's an athletic quarterback. Four carries for only 17 yards. But Devontae Booker, 21 carries for 99 yards, was the bell cow in this game. An ugly performance. The Raiders multiple times in the red zone and coming up short here. Even had a chance late in that ballgame with under a minute in the red zone to try to tie the game up. But a strip sack fumble against Derek Carr led mm -hmm. them to this loss. The Raiders 5-3. and three. Also keep in mind, they picked up Deshaun Jackson. It looks like picking up Deshaun Jackson to help with a deep threat to try to get outside of that Henry Ruggs yeah. fiasco and that tragedy that's been taking place. But I got to tell you, I think it's about where the Vegas Raiders would be for me at 5-3. and three. That's a game you should have won, which then you say, you know what? Maybe we can challenge for the division. We can galvanize around this, you know, losing the head coach and the Henry Ruggs situation here. But the Giants win 23-16 to 16 in an ugly performance, and they move now to 3-6 and six here. Where are the Giants going? Probably nowhere. That's a bad loss for the Raiders, though. The Giants have a couple of performances. Which, ah, give them credit. You know, they, they hung in there. They, they stuck around. But they were outgained by over 150 yards by Vegas. How could this possibly be the final score? Well, Vegas's drive log in the second half of this game, pick six, a field goal, a missed field goal, pick, and a fumble. 
They didn't punt in the second half, and they managed to muster up three points, and they handed the Giants seven. It was, an, it was just a game where they got dominated in the turnover battle against Daniel Jones. That's how you lose football games when you're the Vegas Raiders here. Because, again, and as Donnie mentioned, the rug stuff is, is certainly relevant when you talk about how an offense looks. Is Henry Ruggs what stopped Derek Carr from just throwing some wild interceptions? All in all, they move the football, but they struggled to put the final numbers up on the board. Looking at some of the other results here, Donnie, Saints-Falcons catches the eye. Atlanta went out there, and Atlanta, baby, 24-6, to under 10 minutes to go in a game, and then all of a sudden they were losing with a minute left in this game because that's the Falcons. But then Cordell Patterson hits a big pass play from Matt Ryan, and they were able to hit a last-minute field goal, even though they tried to give it away because they handed it off to Mike Davis. He fumbled. They, they recovered and then just proceeded to take knees and kick their field goal, Donnie. It's interesting because the Saints are probably the story, but Atlanta's 4-4, four and four, maybe a legitimate case to be a playoff team in the NFC. Yeah, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFC that's going to be vying for that seven spot here. But this game was a simple cap for me throughout the week. Now, it's a crazy topsy-turvy game, but it came down, Kevin, Matt Ryan versus Trevor Simeon. And I think you probably proved right. Even though Simeon handled himself quite well, 249 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions for a passer rating of 94.5. But look at Matt Ryan on the road in a dome against a pretty good defense here for the New Orleans Saints. 23 of 30, 343, two touchdowns, no picks, Kevin. And how about this, a passer rating of 135. Because if you said, hey, if this game is going to have to be won by Matt Ryan, an aging quarterback, not a lot of weapons at wide receiver with Calvin Ridley on the uh, injured reserve right now. Mike Davis, nine carries, 13 yards. Cordell Patterson, nine carries, 10 yards, Kevin. So you're telling me the Saints, or excuse me, the Falcons went on the road and beat the Saints in the Dome and had 25 carries for 34 yards? Just a wild week nine, Kevin. And this was just one of those games. All in all, if you're the New Orleans Saints, what are you going to do at quarterback? Did you lose this game because Trevor Simeon? You know, I mean, the final numbers aren't horrifying. The QBR of an 18.5 is. But I still don't know if Taysom Hill's an answer. And the thing is, the clock is going to tick. Let's say Taysom Hill's your quarterback next week, and you run that out there for two weeks, and you're underwhelmed by the results. You're going to call old man Phil? Don't you want to do that sooner than later? You're going to call up Cam Newton? We'll see what the Saints do here. They're a 5-3 football team that should make the playoffs, but who's under center for them if that ends up being the case? Some interesting stuff. We will continue to break down more Week 9 results after this quick break right here on Sportsbook. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents This Date in Sports History. Not only will uh, Tom Dempsey hits this one, he's got a very slight win at his back. He'll set a National Football League record in addition to winning the game. 1970, Tom Dempsey of the Saints kicks a then-NFL record 63-yard field goal. It's good! Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demerges. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here's how we're going to close out our number one. One final victory lap. And also a little nod to New York football to make you feel better if you're a Jets fan. Be very, very happy that you didn't pay Sam Darnold, who at no point in his career suggested he was a franchise quarterback. People would say, but he's had flashes. He's had glimpses. Listen, man, the guy went third overall. They have flashes and they have glimpses. It's about consistency. And Sam Darnold is consistently bad. Sam Darnold, over the last five weeks of football, 177, a touchdown and three picks. 207, a touchdown and a pick. 112, no touchdowns and a pick. 129, no touchdowns, no picks. 172, no touchdowns, three picks. What is happening The guy can't throw for 200 yards. He throws picks all the time. He had a stretch in this game that went pick, pick six, pick. That was the three straight drives, Donnie. The Carolina Panthers, to be the lowest scoring team of the week, cashed, and it was predictable. And it didn't matter if it was P.J. Walker or Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold is just as bad as P.J. Walker, if not worse. Yeah, this was a bad performance here. And keep in mind, Carolina is four and five. Like they win that football game, they're above 500. And you actually got Christian McCaffrey back in this game and in his limited touches here, Kevin, still combined for over 100 scrimmage yards. And you scored six points. We just talked about Trevor Simeon and his, I don't know, 18 and a half rating on the QBR. Sam Darnold finished with a three in that football game. I don't know how he starts again. Now, you can say for the Carolina Panthers, because we can break this game down, which was horrendous as it was, 24-6. to 6. The Patriots won easy. Mac Jones, didn't have, they didn't have to do anything on the Patriots side. The Carolina was just so self-destructive here. But, Kevin, just taking a look here, if you did get one win on the season, it's the fact that you know now you don't have a franchise quarterback, and that might be the biggest win of the Carolina Panthers season. One last note. By far and away, the best value you will find in the futures market for awards. Belichick, coach of the year, 25 to 1. Rookie quarterback, hot as ever, 4 0 on the road. Certainly a better case than Brandon Staley. College football starts hour number two. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.